0: This is part one of a two-part podcast on feed testing with Dr. Seth Montague, Director of Nutrition at Sioux Nation Ag Center. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis. Now, today, I'm with Dr. Seth Montague, who is the Director of Nutrition here at Sioux Nation Ag Center. Thank you very much for taking the time to come here by the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Nice to be here. And so to start off with, we really wanted to talk today about feed sampling, feed testing. It's such an integral part of what we do in our job in animal agriculture, because let's face it, we've got to feed the animals. So we got to know what they're eating. Sure.
1: I mean, that's, it really should be where we start with nutrition and often it's not, but you know, depending on which species we're talking about, it's, if we're talking swine poultry, it's not as important to do it first, but lots of times when we're talking about ruminant species, the wide know, variability, right? Every, everything's variable. You got different cuttings. It's, you're kind of going into it blind if you're not testing first. Absolutely. And so with testing, what we want to start
0: with is sampling. So how can we get a good sample? Because our test results are only as accurate as the sample that we bring in to the test. Right.
1: And, you know, everybody's going to do it their own way. But there are some, I guess, guidelines you could say that we want to follow. So four ruminants, we've got all these forages, and you can go out and you can take a core sample and I think it's important to understand why we do a core sample. Instead of just go out and take a plastic bag and grab some silage or some hay or something right off the top, you know, we want to get a good representative sample of what it is we're feeding. You know, that core sample and most people have seen cores or
0: Yeah, the bale core, the right, tube it's stick got a drill on, on the end yeah. of it. And it, it's a lot more fun with a drill than it is with a Oh yeah, than doing it by hand. Then doing it by <laughs> hand and trying to pop it in,
1: yeah. Yeah, most people have seen those, and they go in probably, what, two feet or so? Yeah,
0: yeah, 24, 32 inches, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah, and we're not saying that's completely representative of what you're grabbing there, what what you're going to pull out and feed to your animal, but it gives you a lot better idea than just taking something off the top because we've all been out and pulled a tarp back and peeled off the first crusty layer, and, you know, you can... Hold a little bit of that in one hand and a little bit what's underneath it in the other, and it's completely different. And that means looks are indicative of what nutritional value is. So it's you've got two different feedstuffs there, and you're going to mix them all together. So you might as well get, say, in theory, 100 different layers off that core sample and then mix them all together, grind them up,
0: and analyze it. In one caveat, when we're talking about core samples, and let's say that it is forged, it's still in a bale, which direction should that core sample be taken? From the flat side
1: or the round side? Highly contested topic. Okay. I mean, I, honestly, you wanted to do it right, you take one of both and you mix them together. You know, and it's, you could even get as picky as which side of the bale is facing the sun in the morning. I guess if they're going to sit there a long time, that changes things, doesn't it? And then on the complete opposite end... On non-ruminants, poultry and swine, we're talking about feed in a feeder or feed off a feed truck or feed at the mill, wherever you want to take your sample. And just like ruminants, the key thing is we're going to present this feed to an animal. So you want to make sure what you're taking is representative of what the animal's going to see when they go to eat. So you're sticking your hand down in the feeder. You're not taking feed off the top. And like in a feed bunk, things settle like they do in feeders for swine and poultry. And so you have to remember that, always mix everything up. One of the biggest mistakes, and it's not even how you take the sample that I see, it's how much you get. I think people don't understand, you know, we're talking trace elements a lot of the times, vitamins, minerals, and they don't understand it takes a lot of feed to get to that, especially on forages for cattle, you gotta dry it or on the silage, you got to dry it. And Now we're talking, you know, you're cutting your weight in half and they've got to grind it. So my rule of thumb is quart size Ziploc bag or whatever kind of plastic bag you got. Or if you got a plastic boot with you, get a lot in there. You're you're not losing money by shipping off three, four pounds of your feed to whoever needs to take the sample. But you're not going to send too much. No, you're not going to send too much. And the nice thing about getting extra is... You know, and we'll get into this later with lab variation. But if you need to run the sample a second time, you know, if you need to verify something because labs make mistakes. So you come back later and you're like, well, we should double check that. Well, you only sent half a pound in and the lab used it all and tossed it. So biggest thing is just make sure you always send plenty of sample in. Mm. If you got a gallon bag sitting there,
0: don't be bashful. Yeah, don't just be fill shy. the whole bag. Fill her up. Sure. Yeah. What about time-wise when taking these samples? Is this something that should be done earlier in the year?
1: Do you want to do it as close to feed out as possible? What are your thoughts? I guess it depends on what kind of products you have sitting around. Most of the time, you've got what you're going to feed for the season in front of you already. You already know what you have. And as much as I'd like to say you take one sample and you know what you're doing, that's never going to be accurate. You're going to have to take multiple, forget to tarp something, and it gets rained on. Well, you just completely changed Nutrient content of the whole deal, and in some sense, we are working on averages. I mean, when we're feeding animals, not what we're calculating, we're putting in front of them is never exactly what is there. You're telling me when we're loading with a payloader, we don't get it right down to the pound. Well, you know, (laughs) a bucket of this and a bucket of that. Yeah, you know, you're estimating. Not everything's the same bulk density, so it's it's funny you bring that up. We had a customer who was having some issues and. The feeding method, and not to knock on this, there's a lot of people that do it this way, and it's a good way to do it. But the the feeding method was well, I just sometimes I grab one five gallon bucket of mineral, and sometimes I grab two. So it's kind of a a guessing. And that's when you mix it in, that makes a big difference. And then did you dump your five gallon bucket on top of feedstuffs in a feed bunk? Or if you're top dressing something for another species, did you dump it in a corner? You know, then you go and take your sample. Well, you never thought about how you were feeding it was going to affect when you went to take a sample of what was actually there and not there. Cattle in a feed bunk. Mineral drops to the bottom. As much as people want to admit that it doesn't, and then you go and take a sample of silage off the top of it and get it back and there's no mineral in it. you always got to make sure you just mix everything up thoroughly. Well, maybe that's a
0: good segue into testing feed that's already been delivered as you alluded to especially with swine and poultry but even with ruminants it's a good check on our our mixing method wouldn't you say right i mean how many different ways
1: are there of mixing feed there's There's more than one way to skin a (laughs) cat and there's more than one way to mix feed i guess there's a ton yeah and it's i'd say more often than not it leads to people thinking more about how they're doing it and making sure that they're paying a lot of money for feed, so let's make sure what you're giving the animals what you want them to have.
0: Do you have anything that you would like people to think about if they're having questions like that? If oh, I'm going I'm to sample this feed in the bunk, what should I do to make sure that I'm getting a good representative sample? inside from what we just talked about with you know getting it from multiple locations,
1: I think just keeping in mind what you got in there. If you just take a couple seconds and look at what you're grabbing. Most of the time, you answer a lot of your questions of, am I grabbing a good sample by, well, I know I've got these five main ingredients in there. Can I at least see them? Everything's visible in a feed sample, even mineral. You know if it's there or not. And so just a good physical look. And once you get it in the bag, you'll know too, because you can shake it around, and you'll be able to tell if you've got enough of at least some of everything that should be there. Well,
0: it sounds like this is a process that's relatively simple, but is an opportunity to have things not go as well as we'd like them to. So it's definitely something that it's good for us to talk about. Good to keep be cognizant about what we're doing while we're doing it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to explain this to our customers, why it's so important and how to do it the right way. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you out there to our listening audience for taking the time to stop by the podcast. Y'all take care, folks.